Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Back in college, I had a class on introduction to sociology, and it was an excellent class with a great professor, gave really good lectures. Uh, one of his first lectures, he gave us, he talked about how life was different, how life had changed, uh, that, that in society was different from our current generation of the time compared to you know, two generations before for his grandfather's life in the late 1800s. And it was in some ways an obvious statement, right? Of course, life is different. But for the purpose of our sociology class, it was to help us start to think about why is life different? Why is society different? What makes society change? And the focus of his lecture that particular day was to point out how uh, the measure of time had changed in our society, like how we measure time and how we're sensitive to that in that past century. Before the time, time was measured leisurely, right? Uh, when the sun rose, people rose, woke up. When the sun was high in the sky, it was time to eat lunch. Uh, as the sun was starting to set, you knew it was time to start getting ready to end the day, to go to sleep. But there was an invention that started to spread, become more popular and more available. It was a simple tool that changed how we as a society relate to time and then thusly relate to one another. And it was simply the invention or the spread of the wristwatch, the popularity of the wristwatch, which came to be more popular in the early 20th century. And by wearing a wristwatch or having a pocket watch, each person was constantly reminded what time it was, exactly what time it was. And instead of measuring time by parts of the day, so to speak, it may be hours of the day, it was measured by seconds and minutes, right? And it was helpful because you could coordinate, you could synchronize, you could agree to meet at a certain time, you could agree to getting things done by a certain time, you could be more productive, more efficient, get things done better. But in the ways that it was helpful in, in improving um, productivity and efficiency, right, it came with a cost, right, as well. We gained something, but we also had more pressure, right? People felt more pressure to be productive, to be on time, to not waste time. And as sociologists, we would study phenomena like that in order to understand how human societies develop, how they function. Now, the lecture was over 20 years ago now, um, was not just last century, it was last millennium, right? It feels like a lifetime ago, and it was in some ways. 
And now a lecture on wristwatches would be pretty mundane, would it not? Does anyone here, who still wears wristwatches? There's, I mean, some still do, but not a whole lot, right? Not everybody, not as many as used to. I still have one on, but it's not as popular as common because now we measure time with what? With, I can't hear you guys. <laughs> Cell phones, all right. So we measure with something in our pockets or in our purses. Our cell phones is the way that we keep our calendars, keep our alarms, keep buzzing, keep us on track, right? It's different. Similar thing, but different. And if we have a watch, it might be a smart watch. It does more than just tell time. And we might have tablets, we have screens, right? So we're not only connected to each other better by measuring time in a synchronized way, but now we're more connected by the flow of information that is constant, right? So there's, these are helpful tools. They are good things that can be very useful in helping us be more productive, more efficient. But they also come with a cost, right? The cost is that there's pressure to produce more and to be more instant in our results and our feedback. Something's gained, something's lost. This week I visited my spiritual director and he recommended a book that he's currently reading called In Praise of Wasting Time by Alan, Alan Lightman, a physicist, a best-selling author, a lecturer, speaker, and a professor at MIT. And it's part of a series of books called TED Talk Books. Who's here, who here has heard of TED Talks? Right, so TED Talks are pretty popular these days. TED is an acronym that stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. Uh, technology, Entertainment, Design, it's a conference that brings together people in these fields, experts, to talk about, as the organization calls, to talk about ideas worth spreading through short and powerful talks that are 18 minutes or less. Like my homily. Short and powerful. 18 minutes or less, right? I didn't realize that this conference actually began in 1984, so it's been around for a couple decades. But it's become more popular, at least I became aware of it in the last few years, because now the talks are online, you can watch them. Over a thousand of these talks are available. In addition to the talks, they have these series of books that are just like the talks. They're short, they're powerful, and they have ideas worth spreading. And since my spiritual director brought it up, it, I took it as a sign the Holy Spirit wanted me to read it. So I found it at the library, checked it out, read it all yesterday. And if you take a look online, or at Amazon, where you can buy it as well, you can see the reviews. There's not a bunch of reviews for it, but most of them, almost all of them are four and five stars, or really five stars, in really positive reviews. But there was one review that was two stars. And the title of the review was, Nothing You Do Not Know or Have Not Thought Already. And the reviewer wrote, this book is just mere ranting about the difficulties of smartphones and overconnectedness, right? So it's true. The book goes over a lot of things we probably already know, right? It goes over the statistics about how often we check our phones through the day, you know, how many times we do it, how many messages uh, teenagers send, uh, how many hours we're looking at screens, how many hours we're connected by email and still at work even though we're not supposed to be at work. All things we already know, but things that, frankly, we need to be reminded about, right? To think about. Because if we already know this stuff, why aren't we doing something about it, right? Or can we, can we do something about it? Should we do something about it? 
And before you all start to tune out of the homily, right? Give it two stars or one star, maybe. Because Father Chad's just telling us stuff we already know. I want to say this homily isn't about the evils of technology or smartphones or the internet. Because in this era, we can talk about smartphones, smartwatches, tablets, whatever. A couple generations ago, I guess they could talk about wristwatches. And in 1881, there was a book written about the problems that telegraphs and railroads were causing on human anxiety and nervousness. Every generation, every era has something that maybe causes a problem or causes us to be anxious or worried. So it's the human disposition. It's our disposition to those things that I want to talk about in this homily. These things, these created things, they're good and they do good things and they should be used for good. But sometimes these lesser goods get in the way of the greater good, of the better good, of the ultimate good. Sometimes they get in the way of the one needful thing. That is, they get in the way of our relationship with God, the one who created us, the one who created everything, the one who loves us, who knows us best, and who knows what is best for us. So today's gospel isn't so much to tell us something we already know. It's that love of God, that call from God, it's already written in our hearts. We already know it. We know what's there. Today's gospel is to remind us of something. Not tell us, remind us of something we already know. To remind us to pay attention to that thing we already know in our hearts. It's a wake-up call. It's just... Uh, an opportunity for us to take time to reassess where we're at in our relationship with these created goods and where we're at in our relationship with God. Jesus came to visit Martha and her sister Mary and she was trying her best to be a good hostess for someone she loved, someone she thought was important, someone she wanted to feel special and she wasn't necessarily or explicitly being sinful in her actions. She had a good desire to be productive in a hospitable way, to get some things done in a hospitable way. But she became too focused on being productive and getting things done. Her life in that moment was out of balance, right? She let anxiety and worry get in the way of simply enjoying time simply wasting time with our Lord who was sitting there right in her living room. And Jesus wanted to wake her up, to snap her out of it, remind her of something that she probably already knew, right? Martha, Martha, you're anxious. You're worried about many things. But right now, there's only need of one thing. The one thing. It's me. I'm here with you right now. We all need that reminder from time to time, don't we? Right? Lightman's book, it's got a great title, In Praise of Wasting Time. It wasn't, the point of it wasn't to tell us something we already know. It was a reminder of the one needful thing. It offered 
yeah, some scientific data to back up his claim, perhaps to give us a stronger resolve to pursue wasting time. It offered some recommendations for society and for us as individuals, things we might want to try to help us build up better habits of wasting time. He suggested things like every school should have 10 minutes of silent time every day. There should be in every workplace a quiet room and everybody should be given 30 minutes of paid time a day for silent meditation. Every family should have a dedicated hour of unplugged time in their household. And each person should spend a half hour of time simply quit sitting quietly every single day. I'd like to echo Lightman's good recommendations for wasting time, but add something to them. Lightman encourages all these practices as a way to help us be more creative, to be healthier, to be more satisfied with life. But I would add that these types of practices done on a regular basis, they don't just help us be more creative or more physically healthy or more satisfied with life. They do those things because they give us time to connect with God, right? Because they give us time for what we call prayer. Talking with God about what's going on in our lives. Listening to God talk back to us in our hearts, in our thoughts. And then getting better at talking to God at little moments throughout the whole day in the busyness of our life knowing that He's with us in that, and hearing Him talk to us through those moments of our lives, in our, uh, the things we experience, in the people we meet, in the things people say to us. God's speaking to us all the time through those things. In fact, prayer is often called by theologians wasting time with God. That's a common phrase that theologians will give in encouraging us to pray. It's not time that is productive in the way that humans often think of productivity. But the benefits are immense. They are much greater. They help us, yes, be more creative, be more satisfied, be healthier. They help us also be more loving, more patient, more virtuous. Help us to be more of what we want to be, more of what God made us to be. And you all are here today as a great start. Going to church each Sunday is wasting time with God, right? An hour each week. I know you have many things you could be doing otherwise right now, things that are important, things that are good, things that are on your mind maybe right now, things you might be anxious or worried about. I have them too, right? I have them too. Being here today is a good start, but we need more than just today, one hour a week, right? As Lightman recommends, as many spiritual leaders, including me, recommend, we need time every day, right? I think you know that, but today's our reminder to recommit to that. Five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day maybe. 20 minutes a day is 1.4% of the whole day, and it sounds like, yeah, I could, I could give up 1% to God. That sounds easy, right? I know it's not easy, it's not, but it's worth trying, right? It's worth working at. What are some of the things 
that you like to do to connect with God? And how can you incorporate them each day? You could enjoy walks in nature, praising God for the beauty of His creation. You could pray a rosary every day. You can come to adoration on Wednesdays here in our chapel. Come to daily Mass. Pray in your private room at home. Read the Scriptures. There's all kinds of things you can do in that 20 minutes a day. I encourage you to give it a shot. Because it is worth fighting for, right? It's worth keeping on trying to do. It's worth not giving up. It's worth, it's never, I should say, never too late to give it a shot. Today's gospel, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that it is the one needful thing.